To be a yogi. I'm Edward Reeb, producer and host of the To Be a Yogi podcast. Today, I'll be interviewing Tiffany Ayana Agia in Pokhara, Nepal. Tiffany is a yoga teacher from New Caledonia. Don't worry, I hadn't heard of it either. But now that I have, I definitely am going to visit. Tiffany and I were both staying at the Nepalaya Eco Hostel in Pokhara, Nepal, which I highly recommend. It's actually owned and run by Alina Gautama. Yes, the great, 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 great granddaughter of Lord Buddha. Maybe. Tiffany and I will be talking about yoga, tantra, as well as dimethyltryptamine. And so, without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Okay. I can eat your rice. You can eat my rice? Yeah, you can have some of my dal bat. All right. Cool. I will add my rice on your dal bat. And you can take whatever you want from my dal bat. Okay, great. <laughs> Welcome to the To Be A Yogi podcast. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so just for the record, um, I've forgotten your name. <laughs> Not that I know you're Tiffany, but I've forgotten your real name. My real name your is real Ayana. Ayana. And that's Cherokee. That's Cherokee, yeah. That was the name that um, has been given to me during my ayahuasca ceremony. By the shaman? No, by my... By the, the serpent by goddess? By a higher voice, maybe nice. my higher self, maybe my soul. Mm. I don't know exactly, but that's the name that came to me during my experience, like, many, many, many times. Ayana, Ayana, like it was my deeper self talking, and yeah. What does it mean? It means um, eternal blossom. Mm. And I, I haven't heard this name before. That was the first time that I've heard this name during my experience. So after I looked it up on internet and I saw the meaning and I was like, wow, this is wow. beautiful. Thank you, life. Thank you, myself. Thank you, Ayahuasca. But your given name is Tiffany. Yeah. And your last name, Aguila? Yeah, you can say Aguila in Spanish, but in a French way you say Aguila. Aguila. Yeah. And Tiffany, do you remember what that means? Yeah, Aguila means um, eagle in oh, Spanish. Oh, Aguila. Yeah, Aguila. Uh, Tiffany, what does it mean? <coughs> um, it means, you told me actually, <laughs> manifestation of God. And I didn't know about that. Yeah. I thought my name was just like a brand of jewelry, very expensive. And <laughs> it's much more beautiful. Manifestation of God, a name traditionally given to girls born on the 12th night. Uh, the 5th of January or the 6th of January. Beautiful. So, manifestation so of God unfolding. Hello, how are you? Good to see you. Hello? So, we're, we're, record, you? we're recording a podcast interview. This is my Nepali teacher, oh, okay. um, teacher. who's also the owner of the coffee cafe, <laughs> which is in Pokhara, which I highly recommend visiting if anybody's going to be visiting Pokhara. I recommend right? too. Yeah. The food is amazing, the drinks too. And, and if you're in Maryland, awesome. oh, sorry. Uh -huh. If you're in Maryland, there's a restaurant called 
What's your brother's restaurant? Oh, I was gonna recommend people go to the restaurant. Oh, Mer not Maryland. Maryland. In Maryland. I don't know the name of that. Oh, there's. <laughs> it, it, uh, go to Nepali restaurants in uh, Maryland. Why are we recording this? She's a Maryland? yoga instructor. Oh, yoga instructor. And, uh, so, so I, I can have talk a... about my yoga path. Yeah. You are a yoga instructor, He's yoga instructor, yes. instructor and that one guy. Yes, Renee. Holland, but he's Renee. keeping a low profile. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, I didn't say his last name. Do you have food order? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's already good. Cool, thank you very much. So, manifestation of God, eternal blossom, eagle. Very powerful, right? Very powerful. What first drew you to yoga? Mm, I was looking for another path than the Western society try to give us I wanted to find something else which was more in tune with myself and that I could choose and not that the society was choosing for me so I didn't know actually what I was where I was going to go and what I was going to do yeah so uh, India called me I've been to India I was in Rishikesh and I practiced yoga for six weeks uh, really every day I stopped meat for the first time and I stopped alcohol for the first time and um, for that long I mean and then boom I had a connection and I knew that was my thing so then I I keep on practicing and I did some trainings because I wanted to have like really the knowledge of the body and the physical aspect of it thank you so um, you were in New Caledonia, I'm an ignorant American, so I don't know all the countries. I know, but no one knows my country, actually. Where it's is that? New Caledonia, and New it's not really a country, it's an island, an island which is between Australia and New Zealand, up north. A French territory. A French colony. A French colony. Yeah, wow. it is. And so there's one big island, well, relatively, and then... So New Caledonia is one main island. You have the main city, Numea, with like all the white people and the businesses and the houses, the cars. Uh -huh. And then all the rest of New Caledonia is really wild. The, and the native people, the Kanak, are living there, yeah. still in tribes and really close to nature. And around this main island, you have a lot of like really small, small islands where you can go camping, or, which are like just wild actually. With, mm. And we have one of the biggest lagoons in the world. So the underwater world is just so oh, beautiful cool. and so rich. You see turtles all the time, dolphins, and a lot of kind of fishes and sharks. I love to see sharks. Wow. And you're going to open a studio? I'm opening... No, no I'm working in a studio. Okay. A beautiful studio with, uh, like, in a wood, like a wooden house with um, the garden nearby and it's all opened. Wow. But I'm opening a shop, a vegan, oh, shop. vegan, vegan concept store. Cool, on the main island. Mm. On Numea, on the main city too. A shop with vegan food, vegan fashion and clothes, and I'm gonna give um, cooking class for children, vegetarian, mm. vegan cooking class for children. Very cool. Ahimsa, non-violence. Exactly, that's the whole principle of. Veganism. Yeah. How cool. Mm -hmm. So, DMT. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about DMT. 
dimethyltryptamine. They generated in the third eye, naturally. They say. You secret? Yeah. It when you. Oh. Butter, sadiku, butter is not a violation. You don't have butter? Yeah. Peanuts? Peanuts, aloo. Nuts on the Just boiled vegetables and mushroom chili. Mushroom chili. Yeah, boiled veg and mushroom chili. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, we what we're it's we had a like a long conversation before, just so people like have some context behind this conversation. So we're talking about things we've already talked about and <laughs> trying to make it sound like natural, like, <laughs> like we're talking about it for the so. first time. <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot about DMT and our experiences with it. Yeah, so DMT is a molecule that um, the pineal gland is secreting when you are born and when you die. Mm. So by taking DMT or taking ayahuasca, you explore the world of death, mm. which is the truth. Mm. Actually, because life is just an illusion, we're mm. all gonna get there mm. and back there. So, by taking DMT, you can get closer and prepare better your death because you see everything in a different perspective once you've seen that. Mm. I mean, you can achieve those visions by meditating, but it takes a really long time. A lot of practice <laughs> yeah. every day. Yeah. Be so focused. It's, it takes a long time and you need to be very regular in your practice. So sometimes you can just take a shortcut and see. Yeah. When I, when I did it, I, it, it reminded me of experiences I'd had as a child meditating, doing the Tibetan mantra and, and everything. And so that kind of was a confirmation for me, and it brought me back to yoga. Mm. It brought me to yoga, and it brought me to, back to my Tibetan practice sure. at the same time, because yeah. I knew that those horns and those mandalas and all of that was somebody who had been there coming back to tell the tale. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Tibetan Book of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. So you're in Nepal. I am in Nepal and you are in I Nepal am in too. Nepal too. We're both in Pokhara. I think we mentioned that already. But you were in Kathmandu. I was in Kathmandu for three days just before coming to Pokhara. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting city. Tamil, the touristic oh, suburb. Oh yeah, that's where is, I ended up too. <laughs> um, uh, the streets are really full, full of tourists. Motorcycles. Full of motorcycles. The cars are driving like crazy. You better watch yourself. <laughs> and uh, it's nice, but it's the city and it's very polluted yeah. everywhere. So, Pokhara. Yeah. Quickly. So, you were teaching in. So, you weren't teaching in Morocco. I was teaching in Morocco. You were teaching in Morocco. I was teaching private classes in beautiful houses. Wow. Yeah, with a lot of expats. Mm. Oh, cool. no, that was nice. How many places have you taught? Mm, a little bit everywhere during my travels. Like China? I've been teaching. No, I didn't teach in China. I did a training in China, but mm -hmm. I've been teaching in Costa Rica, in Thailand, and in Bali, and now in New Caledonia. Nice. On a regular basis. And we just took a class on a rooftop <laughs> after going to the pagoda shrine. With the with the view on the mountains and the snow, it was just so beautiful. So cool. Yeah. It's like another world. Exactly, another dimension. 
So yoga went really well after uh, a trek up the hill. They call them, they don't call that a mountain, they call it a hill here. Um, <laughs> kind of a mountain. Because they're next to the Himalayas, so. Yeah. Compared to them. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, we were talking about how it would be appropriate to discuss the ayahuasca experience because yoga is unity, and it's part of your the unity of your yoga journey, your experience. Exactly. I mean, once you are dead, you're going back to this uh, unity field. Um, so by taking ayahuasca, you connect to this field, which is joining every single thing in the universe. So I guess that's how the shamans, they could have access to the sacred uh, knowledge of medicine, of plants, and of the other dimensions, maybe other beings, who knows. I think that probably, I mean, I haven't been trained in Ayurvedic uh, cooking or medicine yet, but I think that to get that training and then go to Peru and spend some time with the shaman there. Yeah, that could that, be, that if you are prepared, if you have a good preparation yeah. you can go even deeper in the work yeah. because what's happening is that um, when you take ayahuasca you have a part in your brain um, which all where all the stress molecules during your traumas or your bad experiences in your life have been accumulated yeah so ayahuasca is washing that and yeah. cleaning that so you can release when if you you have like big traumas in your life you can release them and you have the sensation of being so lighter after that yeah um and ayahuasca have like you have beautiful visions you can see exactly every anything that you want in such a perfection way i've seen i've seen snakes and trees and flowers and everything was in fractal so once you focus in one thing you can go deeper and see something else and again and again it's beautiful but as well, you are traveling in your past and you pick the right moment that has, um, that has um, created your own reality. So sometimes some moments were bad experiences, and, but they are like keys for your evolution or to understand better who you are now. Yeah. So ayahuasca helps you to find those keys moments where you have to see in a deep see it in a different perspective yeah which is helping you a lot so there's a lot of uh, self um, self um, reflection self study self study yeah and reflection so what was the first um, place where you got training um Rishikesh in mm -hmm. India um for the initiation six weeks then I've been to Thailand I'm trained for three months in a kind of a chakra yoga Mm. So basically, you stay in a pose for in you know, an asana for five minutes or more sometimes, mm -hmm. and this asana is related to one chakra. So with your mind, you focus on that chakra and you awaken it. You awake it. So it was really a meditative kind of approach to yoga, really spiritual, with the studies of the sutras and the Vedas. So I really enjoyed this training, and it was three months long. So you really have time to study the whole, whole um, philosophy of yoga. And after that, I've been to China to see just a different approach of the energies and of the inside body, like what is inside of ourselves. Is that the brahmacharya? Sorry. The brahmacharya. I mean, 
the Hindus and the Vedics, they have a way of approaching the inside world, and the Chinese have a different approach, yeah. which is quite similar. Uh, but I think Chinese, they go even deeper in the work. Yeah. For example, the Indians, they look at the chakras, but the Chinese, they look at different points in the chakras. So you oh. have a few different points on each chakra. So you can go even deeper and understand better the chakra. The meridians. And you have the meridians and the special points, like all around the body. And you can, when you, when, when you are meditating, you can go inside those points and understand them and feel them and move the energy through the different points. But you need a lot of practice, yeah. a lot of meditation to focus your mind that much. But it's really really interesting did you want to mention or keep it off the record about the brahmacharya school that was a little weird <laughs> uh, i don't know if we can talk about that well i mean just to let people know so that if they were thinking about it and they can hear about it and then not <laughs> so in that school in um yeah in that school the name is agama 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 school in thailand they have a few schools in different places in the world but in Thailand, in Kopangan, that's like the main school, the base of it. Um, it's a tantric school, so they take the whole tantric philosophy. Um, and it's a place where you're supposed to learn how to have a sacred sexuality. Mm -hmm. So they teach you a lot of practices by, in theory, uh, which is great. So you understand better that sex is something to be sacred. and to move the energy, the lower energy, to higher places. Um, so it's all about sacredness and respect and understanding better and have a deeper connection in the soul, soul to soul. At, at the same time, this school had some um, darkness because some people abuse of that. They pretend that they know a lot and they want to teach the young girls how to do it, but they actually just want to abuse of them. So this school was interesting, but at the same time, there was some, um, you better know who you are when you go to that school, yeah. because then if you are lost, you can get like really abused, I think. Like maybe it's better for a female to learn from a female teacher about these things? I think women, they should know. Yeah. They know themselves and, and they know what, what they want, the school is going to be fine. Yeah. Be fine. yeah. But I should know that before and be careful. Yeah. What other uh, schools have you encountered? Um, I've been to Goa to do my last training. That mm -hmm. was a vinyasa training. Mm -hmm. So a lot more physical. It was more like gymnastic and acrobatic. Yeah. Even though we had some um, philosophy, cla philosophy classes. Mm -hmm. So we were learning about the philosophy. The anatomy classes were amazing. The name of that school is Sampurna in Goa. Yoga. What was the name of the school in Rishikesh where you had your initiation? Uh, Mahatma Yoga Foundation. Okay. Um, it's an ashram and a guest house at the same time. Mm -hmm. with an amazing rooftop where you can practice. Wow. Just sometimes the monkeys they come and they annoy you, so you cannot practice because they try to like play with you <laughs> and scare you, and you're oh like, let me do my my practice, How please. How fun! That's like Hanuman. Or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But once they come, we have to come with the sticks and like frighten oh them God. and let them go. It's like, <laughs> and the How dog, fun. the dog comes and help. <laughs> and then, so then the chakra training was in China. 
the chakra training was in like to pra practice yoga with the chakras it's a tantric approach of mm. yoga so that was in Topangan in Thailand the Agama that was school. that one yeah oh okay and then in China in China the name of the school is Wandering Dao Wandering Dao D-O-E D-A-O Wandering Dao yeah Wandering W-A-N-D-E-R-E I-N-G uh -huh. Wandering Dao W-A-N W-A-N D-E-R-I-N-G Yeah Wandering Dao The course was made by a Canadian French Canadian mm -hmm. um, Who is maybe 65 years old And he's really fit And he's done, doing a lot of like um, uh, Body cleansing mm -hmm. And um, fasting and med he's meditating he's a master like he's a really Dao master yeah so we were trying with training with him in a place called I'm gonna have it <laughs> it's called um, oh why I don't have it it's in the mountains near a lake it's so beautiful mm. I don't know the name doesn't come to me so. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> yeah nice that's beautiful What is what do you think it what do you think it takes to be a good yoga teacher? For me, a good yoga teacher is someone who takes care of the body first. So you need as a teacher you need to give indication about how you take the posture because you can really hurt yourself. I've heard so many people that hurt themselves in yoga. Yeah. So first the physical aspects where you give a lot of details to not hurt your body and to really feel your body. So this is the number one of a yoga teacher. Number two is to bring the consciousness inside the body to not show off with some postures but really go inside and feel and practice where you are at not trying to reach something further yeah so yeah and so a good teacher should give some meditation keys and a good relaxation at the end yeah where do you see yourself in a few years with yoga in, with yoga yeah in a few years um, I'm seeing myself teaching um, pregnancy yoga mm -hmm. because I hope I will have a baby prenatal yoga yeah uh -huh. prenatal yoga uh -huh. I hope I will, I will be a mom so then I will practice this yoga to myself <coughs> and after that I would be able to teach I will never teach um, prenatal yoga if I didn't experience it <coughs> interesting so yeah I see myself opening to more different kind of yoga that made me think two things one that I should take prenatal yoga training but then only use that for when someone who's pregnant comes to my class mm -hmm. not advertise that I'm a prenatal yoga exactly. teacher yeah yeah because I will never have had a kid <laughs> I'll never know actually what it feels like for sure yeah, sorry point. for you but yeah no it's true but yeah no that's just kind of like what popped into my head is I should take that training so that I understand better yeah but and if you have a pregnant woman then you can yeah. like 
But then I should refrain from from advertising myself as a prenatal natal yoga teacher, or at least I could say that I have that training. Yeah, yeah. But you not say, to... come to my prenatal yoga class. Come one, come all, all yeah. pregnant women. I well, should just like I teach would... my yoga class and then keep an eye out. Like anybody pregnant, okay. Like we're gonna do a slightly different class this time you yeah. know, than what yeah, I was planning. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But I would like to organize like to have like really prenatal classes with only pregnant women on a small <laughs> island in small New island Caledonia. In New Caledonia. <laughs> On this beautiful wooden house open. Yeah. I would love to. Oh wow. And I would love as well to have the same students so I can help them grow into their self-realization. Mm, that's beautiful. So this is beautiful when you have the same students and you're working with like you're working with them for a few years. Yeah. You can really take care of them, understand better their body and help them in all kinds of aspects actually. So you'll be teaching in French in New Caledonia as well as there's that house in the Alps you mentioned, right? Uh, I'm thinking about about organizing a retreat in the south of France in Provence, uh -huh. where I know this beautiful house which is in the Campagne and only 15 minutes away from the city, uh, which looks beautiful. But at the same time, I'm about to organize a retreat in Bali. Mm -hmm where my mom lives um, so I have found a beautiful place where I can teach mushroom chili oh, mushroom chili yeah. nice thank you Bali south of, south of France oh, yeah. New Caledonia I've been thinking about um, when I was in South Africa I don't know about Johannesburg, but I know where I was in kind of rural, like Limpopo, up near Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. There was no yoga at all. And uh, so I was thinking about teaching there, but of course I speak English and I speak French on like a kindergarten level. <laughs> but um, I don't know, I just thought I'd throw that out there as like a possible place, because we had talked about possibly doing like a like a English and French classes thing on one of those cool small islands in New Caledonia. Yeah. If I get that set up, I'll give you a call. In South America? In well, South yeah. Africa. We can, yeah, in South Africa. Yeah, because so. they speak French there. They speak French? Yeah. In South Africa? Yeah. That's like the main language of at least the people I was hanging out with. I didn't hang out with any white people, but All right. but okay. the uh, the Africans there speak French. Oh, awesome! They, yeah. they speak French and English, like right, but not languages. as well as French. All right, yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, the people I was with, I, they I think they came from the Congo, some of them, but everybody there spoke French. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, that's just a, an option. Yeah, that's absolutely, that would yeah, be amazing. Yeah. And, I, and I have friends there. Those know. Cra you know, that crazy picture with me, with the people, you know, in Africa? Yeah. That's where that was. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they would be, they would totally be down to help us, and they'd pick us up at the airport, and like, everything. Okay, so it's really safe. Yeah. And you have your friends and the contacts there. Yeah. We should organize that. Oh yeah. Mm. Let's oh, keep yeah. in touch. We will keep in touch. Yeah, and yeah. Maybe we can do things. Cool. So South Africa, New Caledonia, South of France, and Bali mm -hmm. is where you, you might be in the future teaching yeah, yoga. Yeah. Maybe somewhere else. Who Combining knows? all of these trainings into one awesome class. Exactly. That's worth the money you're going to have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It's not one of these, here's my hat, you know, a dollar is fine. Mm. But it'll be worth it. I don't like to be close in I, one technique, so I like to have yeah, so many techniques. Yeah. So I can use the present moment yeah. and the energy that is in front of me and that we are all creating together. And yeah, and be tuned to that. I'm also, um, I'm working with the one of the tourism uh, groups in 
in Bhutan. And I've been talking to them about, you know, like ways that I could like get a discount on the amount of money it costs to go to Bhutan. And they said if I organize a retreat of like 15 people or more, then there'd be a discount. Wow. And uh, so that's an option too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. So we, I guess there's a wedding going on? I think so. <laughs> I think that it's getting It's a big party on there. So we, we decided to do this outside so that you would have like kind of the authentic feel of uh, Nepal. Nepal and Pokhara. If this were Kathmandu, there'd be a lot more like honking involved. And, uh, but this is just sort of some nice, authentic Nepal right now. It is. Mm. Go for it. It's really delicious. Chili mushrooms. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's nice. And all the things that is around, really good. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. I might let them hear us eat a little. <laughs> and this is like 130 or something? Yeah. Which is nothing. It's $1.30. So do you guys have the Euro in uh, mm -hmm. New Caledonia? We have the Pacific francs. Oh. Actually, one Pacific franc is one Nepali oh, rupee. Same thing. So it's so easy for me here. So cool. Nice. I can really understand what is the price of everything quickly. Nice. No effort. <laughs> And uh, one uh, Nepali rupee is one penny, one cent ah, in, in one, America. Uh, really? Because mm -hmm. the dollar is divided into a hundred. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so if something's 25 rupees, that's a quarter. Mm -hmm. so, so I gave a $10 tip to this poor kid today. <laughs> I mean, okay, so we, <laughs> we it was $12 or uh, 12000 to have a child <laughs> um, row us across the lake today, uh, which would be a illegal child, in either of our countries. Yeah. But anyway, um, and we, I don't know how much he gets paid. So last time I did this, I gave him a nice tip. And this time we had so much fun up there. <laughs> we were watching, talking about being in another dimension. It was we really an incredible. We did the view on the mountains and oh the snow and on a small God. restaurant. After to have walked for 45 minutes up on the hill. So we enjoyed and yeah. we took we, our we time. We got carried away and <laughs> we enjoyed for a long time. And then on the way down, we had so some we took yoga, yoga pictures. pictures. <laughs> so, the guy so we got back and he was a little grumpy. He yeah, was a little... because he asked, uh, he asked us stay two hours and two hours come back, please. But we ended up like coming back maybe three hours later. Uh, maybe. I, know, I lost, totally lost track. Uh, yeah, me too. But so we, you, you said, is the time okay? And he said, no. <laughs> I said, I'll give you a good tip. And on the way out, I gave him a thousand. Yeah, but which, he said no with the smile. Yeah. And then, but then he said, thank you very sincerely when I gave him the tip. Which, I can I mean, imagine you gave such a big tip. To us, it's $10. It's like, oh, $10. That's a good tip. Mm. Like, but... Here, that means you can get through ten days. On if you're if you're local, you need a hundred about to do okay. Uh, you know, day. Yeah, and I mean so, you can have food. Yeah, I mean the local local food for less than a hundred. Right. So less than one dollar. 
I'm like, so but in that community. With this they, thousand, that tip that you gave, yeah. he can eat with his family for like a couple of days. Yeah, so and he can go do something fun. I, I, make, I make a point to like slip I hope it. he didn't get some beers and get oh, drunk. Maybe, maybe, but <laughs> that's maybe his choice. Yeah. But like I, you know, I slip it to them so that their parents or whoever like that's running the business uh, don't see. Mm -hmm. So they have the option to just pocket it and like go out with their friends yeah. and be like, hey, you know, I've got some money. Let's go yeah. do something wild. Because you know? they are so generous. Yeah. This is basically everywhere in the world. Less you have and more you want to give. Right. Oh, good. Here's a bait. I think this place is small. <laughs> Thank you. Doesn't matter. Okay, now we have two forks. You remember the spicy sauce from yesterday? Yeah. Can you bring some? Yeah. Thank cool. you. Thank you. Should we get anything more to drink, or? Um, do you want some? More? Maybe. Do you want to get another one? Or? Yeah, let's get another one. Okay. So I feel like I've met a kindred spirit. Um, it's not always like a hundred percent on the mark, like. But when we started talking, and we were talking about yoga and where we were coming from, what we wanted to do in the future. DMT and you know just kind of like and I and I even presented like this other thing that I've been doing for 20 years you know yeah you you, you taught me you taught me yeah I've learned so much from you today because you have so much culture about the Buddhism and how it arrived and what was the different stages of the evolution of Buddhism that is so interesting that just make me want to look more into Wikipedia Wikipedia mm. <laughs> of books <laughs> I have some books also mm -hmm. that I mean I brought to give away mm -hmm. and uh, so I think I was going to give you maybe the Zen that you remember I mentioned Shobo Genzo mm -hmm. um, I have volume one there's five volumes alright so that'd be a good place to start um, I would love to yeah awesome so you're going to give me this yeah. book awesome thank you absolutely like he, he's he's very poetically describing it'll be in English, so I don't right. know if maybe it'd be uh, better. Yeah, you know, it will be all right. I can read in English. That's all right. But uh, yeah, very, uh, certain teachings, certain sutras, experiences he had. Okay. It's but really he was really closed into his practice, right. and he thought that was the best. And it's at the time, really good, but it's just a little bit. And then to give context, at the time there were samurai fighting in the streets to to see which form of Buddhism would get the emperor's favor. Mm. So. Mm. There were other other kinds of Buddhists that were trying to put him down and trying to uh, talk bad about him. So, so it he was, was like a political aspect. Yeah, exactly. Well. And but it kind of gives you kind of a general like 1200s medieval, like basically. And, uh, Just to know the, the history. Yeah, right. It's another layer because mm -hmm. you were talking about the evolution of Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. So this was sort of like nice, you know. when fundamentalist Christianity came around and said Christmas is the devil because it's pagan. It's like that, it, but in Buddhism. All right, I see. <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, like, you skip this part and you, you, you open yourself to the rest. But it's good. The rock gardens are beautiful, and the meditation is beautiful. Okay. And uh, it started out really fun, like back in the 800s, long before Dogen, when it was in China. These two two guys were writing poetry and taking mushrooms and hanging out and, and far away from civilization and that was Zen that was Chan and then it was under uh, oppression like the emperor forbade Zen uh, Chan he said no no more Chan and so the soldiers really? were marching around you know then they were persecuted for 20 years and then another emperor said no I love Chan and so then all the rich people wanted to send their kids there so these crazy monks that were taking mushrooms and coming up with these like 
unanswerable questions <laughs> that were then oppressed for 20 years were now in charge of every little brat that was being sent to them. So they were like, sit, or I'm gonna hit you with this stick. And that's where that kind of comes from. And then, so after 400 years of that, Dogen shows up and decides he likes that and brings it back to Japan. <laughs> and brings it back where? To Japan. To Japan, oh. So by the yeah. time it got to Japan, that's what it looked like. <laughs> but in China, earlier, there were different manifestations that are like uh, interesting and, and okay. beautiful in other ways. Oh. I've learned so much today, thank you. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's been really good to, to meet a kindred spirit. I was gonna leave yes I was gonna leave this morning and yesterday I was like I can't I have to stay one more day. You and didn't know why I didn't so know much, why. but I, I was the reason. Then last night she showed up <laughs> and needed a charger. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit scared to go to this pagoda by myself because this woman had a bad experience the day before. Right. Mm. Once the man was masturbating, like or this he guy was, was masturbating, exactly. He was being creepy and following her around so mm. she let him pass by. And then when she like walked by again, she saw him off to the side. So then she started running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. So if you're in pagoda, I mean if you're in Pokhara, and you decide to go to the pagoda, find an escort. Find yeah, just don't go alone necessarily. <laughs> if you happen to be uh, of the demographic of uh, creepy masturbators. Exactly. But you know, everyone of the Nepalese says it's not dangerous because they don't touch you here. You don't have but so much creepy. this kind of story. That's so gross. Thank you. Wow. Look at the size of your eyes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, can we have one more bottle? Uh, one, more bottle. Uh, one more bottle, but we'll keep the cups. Okay. okay, thank you. Um, I know that certain um, listeners of my podcast will appreciate the uh, being here present with us as we have dinner. <laughs> like even though the noises are kind of like Just what? Imagining us yeah. having dinner in this beautiful Nepal. We were debating about having this interview in a quiet room, but we decided instead <laughs> to just have dinner and record it there. In the real authentic Nepal. Yeah. Re eating real authentic food. For, so you for had the, the tali, right? The, mm. Which? The dalbat. Oh yeah. Yeah, feel free to have some. Okay, so I would try it. We were in another dimension earlier today in the <laughs> interdimensional coffee house. She walked in through a door from New Caledonia. I walked in through a door from Los Angeles. And then we were there they, there we were on top of the world looking <laughs> down on like looking across at the Himalayas and down at the lake. Yeah. And uh, we had tea and mm, momos. momos. Wow, it's spicy. <laughs> Nepal is beautiful. I heard this song in South Africa and it made me sad, but now it doesn't. This one? Yeah. You like the music? Yeah. <laughs> it is nice. Yeah. You're in Nepal for how long? Um, one month and a half. You just got here? Mm, I got here four days ago. Nice. Five days ago. The first three days in Kathmandu. 
and now in Pokhara. I'm gonna stay in Pokhara for two weeks at least. Nice. I'm gonna be in Kathmandu for I don't know, like a week or two, and then I'm not 100 percent sure where I'm going after that. Really? But it'll be in Nepal. Oh, it will be in Nepal. Yeah. All so right. we should keep in touch. Yeah, we should. Yeah, so you will let me know how does it go? How? The monk. Yeah. For sure. So basically, what are you going to do every day there? I don't know. Um, I'm meeting up with a friend who was here at the hostel mm -hmm. from Austria mm -hmm. named Katerina. Mm -hmm. She's in Kathmandu now. Mm -hmm. And uh, so at some point, because she's only there for three days. So at some point, I'm going to meet with the monk. At yeah. some point, I'm going to meet with her. I was thinking about combining those two things so that she'd be like co-host for the episode. Um, nice. Yeah. And then I'm meeting up with another friend and going to one of the caves that Padmasambhava went to to achieve a, a, one of his levels of enlightenment. Wow. Meditate there? Yeah. And then other than that, I'll be hanging out with the Goyals, the Tonka painters, and doing whatever they suggest. So far, they haven't led me wrong. I mean, everywhere they take me is a incredibly beautiful. They took me to Monkey Temple. Wow. They took me to their art school, which okay. is beautiful. And... Uh, so they are really showing you all the pieces. Yeah, yeah. And then we I spent some time at Bodhanath and in there I met the one of the monks and he gave me a blessing and wow. a scarf and uh, so I'll be hanging around there. We went to So the, the monk is giving you a blessing, a scarf? And yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, it was like uh, some kind of scarf like a white but thing do they have like a lot in stock I think so <laughs> yeah it wasn't very good quality I mean they, you see them hanging with the prayer flags you know yeah alright that kind of yeah, thing yeah that's, that's really precious it's a big memory yeah yeah and then the guy in Bhutan already sent me like this elaborate uh, explanation about one of the symbols on one of the prayer flags and because I told someone I was Tibetan Buddhist and they started sending me pictures of prayer flags saying can you explain this to me and I'm like oh no I can't I gotta go to Nepal and then I'll be able to explain these things because like you know like I want to you know like I was telling you open Yeshi studio and have it be like a Tibetan Buddhist themed thing but I want to be thoroughly knowledgeable like not just be able to say oh my dad rang a bell but like thoroughly knowledgeable in what I'm talking okay, about before like, I do that. Alright. Yeah. So do you know exactly what is written on the on the flags? No. Um, even on the prayer flags? Yeah. No. I mean I have an idea <laughs> about some of prayers. them. <laughs> right. Well I'm learning Nepali because it's more difficult and then I'm gonna learn Tibetan. Because the languages are similar-ish, but Tibetan's apparently more difficult. And uh, I'm gonna be in Tibet later, mm -hmm. so I mean now's the time for Nepali. And I'm yeah. networking it's, with people yeah. in Nepal. Step by step, right? Yeah. That eventually I'll be able to read it and explain it and wow. But I mean, one of them just has Padmasambhava on it, so I can explain his life story. And then one of them has this certain symbol that's on like everybody's door in Bhutan. Mm -hmm. Like you know how like in Jewish homes you have the little I forget what it's called with the shin and you kiss it. Maybe not, but um, I don't know. But they have something like that in Bhutan with uh, <laughs> this symbol that has ten letters, and each of the letters refers to a different state. All right. And uh, oh, cool. it's deep Buddhist stuff. Yeah. Mm. And so, so I have that and I've been like reading it and trying to like get it to sink in and so that I, but I wouldn't be able to like, like right now I don't even remember what it's called, but um, yeah, so there's that and I'm going to edit some of this out. <laughs> okay. That's great. You're yeah. motivated. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, for now, for me, for this trip, I want to go deeper in the 
physical aspect, like like I want to spend time on my computer looking at each of the asanas and know better the alignment so yeah. I can have more keys to say to my students. And at the same time, in the philosophy, that's why I took my book. Um, the Yoga Sutras? The Yoga Sutras. Uh -huh. So my book is all with all the sutras. That's hard stuff. You uh -huh. know? It's like a lot of information and a lot of new words and Sanskrit as right. well that you have to learn. Like the cheetahs, for example. Yeah. Then you get more familiar, but it's a lot of work to do. Is so, that the five bodies? Yeah. Excuse me. The koshas. Oh, those are the koshas. What are the yeah. chittas? It's been too long the since I've chitta is the mind. Oh, right. So there's different... So line one is, is to mind. stop the rippling in the mind yeah. is, is yoga. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you have different minds. So then different chittas. So then the sutras you can... Is that like the desire mind? The... I don't remember exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, we I both need to, to read I our... I used to know. I used to know, but I need to go back into my books. <laughs> Me too. I like had to know for my class, for my graduate. <laughs> Yeah, I should reread mine too. I read the Swami Sachidananda translation, mm -hmm. but I don't know if there's a French version. Can I take your spoon? Yeah. So I'm gonna take a little bit more of your food. Sorry. It's okay? Yeah. And a little bit of rice, a little bit of dal, nice. and a little bit of vegetable. Yep. Sweet. So, is there anything that you would definitely like to mention? when it comes to yoga before we start to wrap up the episode. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut out the pause. Alright, the thing is that when you start to get into the yogic path, a lot of people they go extreme. Like they go vegan, they stop eating meat, they stop having alcohol, cigarettes, partying, uh, normal life, I mean, right. normal, my social life. And then they kind of... Give up? Not give up, but it's too much pressure that they put on themselves. Right. So for sure, at one point, they, they will give They become judgmental about others, sometimes. And they become judgmental about others because yeah. they're not doing... Like, no one has the right path, even if yoga... Like, with, it's not a question about right path or wrong path. Yoga is explaining you, explaining you how the universe works. Right. So, how you take it and you work with it, so then you can be more in tune with the universe and then with yourself. Yeah. Or you don't do it, but yeah. take it easy, go slowly, don't be hard on yourself. This is all about life, you know. Like we are here to learn. Yeah. So extreme is not a solution, and to remember that there's no right or wrong. It's just about growing and learning. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Nothing more. And so if you try to be a yogi and sometimes you are away from being a yogi, don't be too hard on yourself. And yeah. keep on trying. Keep on try trying. Yeah. That's what I would add. <laughs> nice. Nice. I look forward to attending your classes. <laughs> Thank you. In New Caledonia. Have I got it right? Am I saying it wrong every time? New Caledonia. New Caledonia. Mm -hmm. So I'm California, you're New Caledonia. <laughs> exactly. It's like if you're looking at Australia and you look to the right of Australia, there's a bunch of these little islands. That's New Caledonia. Exactly. Cool. And, but you've also been in uh, Canada, right? In Canada? No, I haven't been. Oh, you Canada. haven't? Oh, okay. Not yet. 
but you've been in different parts of France. I've been oh, I've been traveling in a lot of different places. Yeah, Morocco. I've been to Morocco. I've been to Greece. I've been oh Greece. Thailand, what parts of Greece? Um, Mykonos and Paris. Mm, what's that and like? And Santorini. Uh, they are like in Greece. They have a few islands uh-huh. in front of it. So it's three of the islands. Like Santorini, for example, it's a big mountain. So uh-huh. every time you do shopping, or you're going really down, or you're going really up uh-huh. all the time. It's like a big mountain, big hill. Uh, but all the houses are white, you know, and it's very beautiful. The landscapes are white amazing. white and blue? Oh, white and blue, yeah, exactly. Nice. So you like islands? Yeah, I love islands. <laughs> yeah. I'm an island girl, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I like islands. I love islands. In, Ka- Ka- in, Thailand, in Thailand, I was living in Copenhagen. Which is an island in um, in Bali. Bali is an island. That's sure. true. Bali is an island. Um, yeah, New Caledonia, and I've been living for a year in Rainian Island, and then one year in Mauritius Island. I've been just living in islands. Nice. I need the the ocean next to me in the place where I live. Yeah. If I don't see the ocean, I'm feeling like anxious. Like I just need it. But well, we had a lake here. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm staying here because yeah. we have a lake. Yeah, I, I can pretend myself that it's an ocean, then it's fine. Cool. <coughs> have you ever thought about visiting Sri Lanka? Yeah, for sure. I want to take a retreat there. Yeah. This is not for now. But right. It's for later. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being our guest on uh, the My To Be pleasure. A Yogi podcast. Oh. Thank you very much for this interview. I had a lot of fun. The yeah. food was amazing. And, um... Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Namaste. 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 Thank you, Tiffany, for being our guest on the To Be A Yogi podcast. Special thanks to Brian Dahl, and that's B-R-Y-I-N-D-A-L-L, for providing the music you're listening to right now. Stay tuned to our sister podcast, What Would Yeshi Do? As this week, I will be interviewing a Tibetan Buddhist monk here in Kathmandu, where I am now recording this outro. He is at the International Buddhist Academy. So just search for What Would Yeshi Do? Y-E-S-H-E on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. I would like to close with a special song Well, on the maps, the place where Tiffany is from is called New Caledonia. If you ask the people who were there before the French, it is called Kanake. So we'll close with a song called Kanake, performed by a friend of Tiffany, Marcus Gad, teaming up with the chief of the Pombe tribe, J.Y. Paup, leader of A7JK. Thank you all for tuning in. Namaste.
Rise of a death in a root of a knee and know the world and a 